Zeros. Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that was just starting to like them. I'm Joe, and with me to talk to you about the movie Blade 2, I have two vampires. I pulled that one last minute. And their names are Corey. The podcast that would rather be pet than a cattle. And sequel. <laughs> I like that. That's good, Corey. The podcast that's going to fuck us the first chance they get. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that. You're right. <laughs> Turns out. But first, as you've grown accustomed to hearing, we watch other things. So, hey, Sequel, what'd you watch? I watched two new releases. What? Right? I know what one of them is. Toy Story 4. I know oh, what two of them are. Me? Hmm? Same. Yeah? Yeah. You like it? Uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't care for it as much as I did the other three. Like, I think it's definitely number four. Was you know, it a, like was it one they didn't need to make? Oh, that's so been it's, my it's, it's unnecessary. Oh my god, it is, totally is. They do extend Woody's arc, and it's like a nice arc. I feel. I think the way they ended it is fine. Um, what's the other new release? It's definitely yesterday. Yeah, it's yesterday. Oh, okay. I want to talk. talk oh, we're doing more Toy Story Four. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> sorry, Uh Yeah, I I will jump in here because I also yeah. watched Toy Story Four. As a person who does not like animated movies, generally, I was entertained. I found it fine. I did constantly turn to my wife and be like, they didn't need to make this movie. But I just laughed. And that was it. Like, I mean, it made me laugh, so cool. Good on you. Fork is really funny. I thought yes. he was stupid. He was, he's really funny. The villain's terrible. Oh my god, that's <laughs> awful. My biggest awful. complaint. My biggest complaint was like... There's no fucking villain. They're like, no, there was a villain. It was this person. I'm like, yeah, until you feel sympathetic for her and she turns into a good guy. Fuck yeah. yourself. Like, no. You know the no gender villain. of the villain now. Um, Everything's ruined. Just Keanu's really great in it. Keanu's so fucking good in this movie. That's but, all I wanted to hear. Oh my god. That's all I wanted I to hear. I love his character. Jeff Garland as a unicorn has the funniest bit in the movie, though. Which bit is that? Uh, he wants to get dad thrown in jail. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that is funny. It is funny. So I think it might be one of the, uh, the funniest Toy Story that I've ever seen, but I just like the other three so much more. Uh, yeah, see, that's my thing. Like, I feel like this was just funny, with every other Toy Story hit on like an emotional note. Yeah, this one. Not, it's just not it's not just good. funny. Yep. The emotional side of it, I, I can take it or leave, which is ultimately the whole plot, really. That's what expect, all Disney movies are now. I didn't expect Bonnie to be such a bitch either. Yeah, she was. Yes. She got she got hard. I yes, guess, for like a terms. Like she, she got tough. Jeez, first day in kindergarten, and that's it. She hardened up. Yeah, really. Yeah, so I saw yesterday, today, and cool. I heard it was meh. All right, I loved it. Good. It's okay. such a great premise. You can do this for anything. Like if you're a comedian. Like a struggling comedian, what if like? What if Seinfeld never? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we pick yeah. a good comedian like George Carlin. Yeah, I didn't want to pick that George was just Carlin. The first one that came to mind because Seinfeld's awful. I heard someone mention this on another YouTube video. I don't want to steal their shit, mm-hmm. but uh, Rodney Dangerfield—if he never existed, yeah. No, what if Batman never existed and you were like a comic book, a struggling comic book artist or something? Yeah. There's so much. You I was gonna say we could be Batman, right? We could be Batman. But yeah, it was a really cool premise. It's it's touching. It was emotional. There's a character in there that's 
awful and if this person wasn't in the movie it would be so much better than it actually was and the ending is very very predictable but overall it was solid I so, really liked it so right before I came here I was at a barbecue and one of the people there had just seen it okay and she what's started his name? oh <laughs> what I was going to say what's his name sequel no, no. but you I said she she it was a she and she said it was like man like she didn't like it but it was okay I was and, and my response to her was Okay, fine, you can say that about movie. I totally, that's fair, but all things considered, this is one of the more original movies we've seen come out in a long, like, personally, I feel like we're constantly seeing rehashed plots and concepts. Like, this is, you wake up and something really famous is gone and you can fill that void. Like, that's a relatively new concept. That, if, if they make three movies in the same Vane, I'd yeah. watch all three of them. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting concept. It's kind of like, uh, like like Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day. Yeah, and I just, like that. That's just a cool premise, and I have no. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all if they kept keep um, bringing that one up and just doing it in different settings, different formats. Because they did that with a comedy, a sci-fi movie, and a mm. horror movie. So you can do this for any form of entertainment, and uh, yeah, but there's enough. There, there, the thing is, there's enough there. To make it original nonetheless. Right. Right? Like, Groundhog's Day is very different than Happy Death Day. Yes. It's very different than well, Age of Tomorrow. It's... The, the, the underlying um, premise is the same. Yeah, you, you wake re- up... You rehash the same day, day. same events The objective is different. The tone object- is different. Yes. Yes. Happy Death Day references Groundhog Day as if it's self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is AI. But this is a... No, it's a terrible movie, Corey. This was good. Here Corey, I think you will definitely, like... Uh, Yesterday, Joe, I'm not so sure. Hold on. I don't <laughs> know how to take this. <laughs> I don't like the Beatles. I also don't really like the Beatles. It's not a Beatles love fest. Okay, good. Then yeah. I mean, it's all Beatles music, but it's not like... I mean, every time... I've seen the exact same trailer. I've never... I, I think they only made one trailer for this movie. Because I really like fake music movies. So like, me too. Me three. I feel like this should be in right up my alley. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, right, very excited to see it. I'm excited to see it being a non-Beatles fan. You're like a uh, like a rom-com chick flick yes. kind, of, kind of guy. Yeah, too. and that's the thing. It, so, like, it feels like it's in that vein and I'm really... It reminds me of like Love Actually with music. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> I'm going to fucking love this so movie. That's, that's what I was thinking. You I'm probably gonna, like it too, Jeff. I'm sure I will. I like good movies. Recency bias is a real thing, but yes, it is. it's my, as of right now, my second favorite like fake musician movie, for lack of a better term. And number one? Uh, that Thing You Do. I saw that in music class in like fourth grade, so I don't remember anything. Well, you can borrow it anytime you want. I might even All I know is it got Tom Hanks in it. Yes, and Tom Hanks directed it. Really? Yes, no, I didn't even know. So this is better than... Um, Almost Famous to you? Or is Almost Famous not a fake musician? Do you not categorize them the same? Almost Famous is outstanding, but I I consider that one a journalism movie. Okay, so you, you focus on the journalism more yeah. than the music. Okay. Because mm-hmm. okay. Like, that's kind of where that, that's a weird middle ground, right? Yeah. You're kind of following those musicians. You're, you're with the band for the ride, but it's not really about the band. It's, it's about, about him. him okay. maturing and yep. his relationship. And, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Corey, what about you? On top of Toy Story 4, I started watching a couple Hulu things. 
and actually a Hulu thing and an Amazon Prime thing. Go on. Uh, I am caught up on Handmaid's Tale. We're in season three. It is becoming a little more difficult to watch. It's 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 tough. It's really hard to get through. But I think it's an an important concept to put into a visual medium that people enjoy, like television or movies. Sure. And I think it's a pretty good way to get acclimated to the extremist climate that, you know, some people believe that we're in right now. Um, nonetheless, season three it picks up right where you left off. It's fun. It's 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 tough. It's tough to watch, but it's a really, really fun watch. Is it a show that gets better as it goes, or do you feel like it peaked in season one and now you're just watching it because you're invested? That's a tough question. Um... Just gut reaction, Corey. Go. Yeah, gut reaction is, is it's getting better. Okay. It's getting better because I, I I constantly feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's a very, very harsh, terrible situation for any woman to be in. And by the end of season one, I don't feel like she's ever going to get out of it. And then in season two, there's a chance that she might, and then she decides not, like, she decides, she makes a choice that works against that. Season three, we're only halfway through it, and we're back to this. Maybe there is a light, maybe there isn't. Like it's, it's powerful. It's a powerful, powerful story that they're telling. So I, I really enjoy it. Um, and I also started watching uh, Absentia on Amazon Prime. No idea what that is. It's been all over my Amazon Prime for a while now. So I finally just broke down and was like. Fuck it, it's summer vacation. I can binge things. Go. Summer Corey. Summer Corey. It's here until August. Um, that sounds delightful. Yeah, I'm excited about it. The woman that plays Beckett in Castle. Did anybody watch Castle? Yes. I know. I don't know her name, but I know her face. Yes, that's her. I also don't know her name, which is why I refer to her as her character. That makes sense. It is certainly par for the chorus course as far as me on the show. Naming them by their character names, not their real names. Stana Kadic. I'm sorry, say that again? Stana Kadic. Stana Kadic. Beckett from Castle, got it. Right. Who's also in CBGB? Don't know what that is. But that's a faux documentary about CBGBs in New York. I can't she's in, believe she's, you. She's Morgan Stern in the spirit. How could we forget? Uh, <laughs> is she really? Yeah. I know how I can forget. Huh. I'm trying to forget the spirit every day. I feel like the average stone age for the spirit was 0.5. I think I gave it one. I also gave it one because I don't go. Then I guess it's one. It's probably be, one. It's probably it, it must be. It must be one. I, I think so, I could be totally wrong. I thought somebody dropped it to like a not giving it a stone. Like it was that bad. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's pretty good. It's she's an FBI agent that was kidnapped for six years and then she comes back. And she needs to help a Nathan Fillion. I wish Nathan Fillion showed up in this. Obviously. Of course. Uh, really, it's just like a Hunt a Serial Killer show. Cool. Pick any other Hunt a Serial Killer show. It's fun. Um, it's Dexter. dark. What? Dexter. If you told mm. me to pick a Hunt a Serial Killer That's show. a good one. It is a good one. <laughs> Until about season no. five. But not like that because you're following the serial killer in that. There's a lot of other serial killers in Dexter. That He's one. the good serial killer. He's, He's got to take out all the bad serial killers. Right. That's true. I should actually sit down and really Have you watch never watched Dexter? No. The first four seasons I've seen, I hear it gets bad after that. 
Yes. The John Lithgow season is, is phenomenal. It is very good. That's great television. All right, well. That's season four. I guess you'll hear about that in a couple weeks when I finish watching that. I think it's streaming on something. I'm sure I think it's on either Amazon or... I mean, you have HBO Go. I do. I say it's on Netflix. But no, it's a Showtime show, isn't it? Showtime. It might be on Netflix, though. Yeah, I think it's on either Netflix or Amazon. I feel like it's in my you should watch this because of all the other serial killer things you've watched. Probably. (laughs) They're profiling you, Corey. Which is ironic because Criminal Mind, which is about profiling, is on that list. (gasps) The stars of the line. Yeah. I just search for Netflix and Netflix because I'm an idiot. How would you watch the Netflix? Dexter's on uh, Netflix. Okay. All right, there you go. I'll talk about that in a couple weeks when I'm done. Can't and wait. And jump. We'll be able to talk about that together. <laughs> Are you going to do it too? I've seen the first four seasons, so I mean, oh. I'll remember gotcha. things. I watched two things. Wait, no, just kidding. I watched one thing and the other thing's different. I watched, you never even guessed this sequel. I watched 16 Candles. Nice. Whoa, nice. Classic oh, movie. Right. I haven't seen that classic. as an adult. Can we talk for a minute about how different 1984 was for movie ratings than it is now? There was no PG-13. This was this was PG. Mm-hmm. It has at least one F-bomb. It yep. has other profanity. It's got a set of boobs in it. Yes. Blew my mind. And at least one sex scene, right? No. Not, not on camera. Like, it's... I mean, they're implied? hinted at. They're definitely implied, one of them. Okay. But... That blew my mind. But second of all, it's a great movie. It's, it's a great movie that cannot be made today. No, you can't. It's, <laughs> it's very inappropriate and racist. Yes. You just can't make that movie again. But it's outstanding. But it's great for what it is. Fucking 2019. <laughs> What's a in hot stuff? <sighs> that line would never fly today. His name's Long Duck Dong. It's just, yeah. You can't have that character. What's, what's your name? Dong. What's your first name? Long... <laughs> Okay, so what is the best of this group of movies? Like the Brat Pack movies? Yeah. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. I haven't seen... Uh, 16 Candles is the only one I've seen as an adult or like in the last 10 years. Okay. So what, what I'm assuming you got Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club and... 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink. St. Elmo's Fire is... Bottom of the barrel dog crap. I hate that. I saw that movie <laughs> once and I didn't pay any attention to it. I don't hate that movie, uh, but it is cer- uh, like when you compare it to these other movies, it is certainly the bottom. No questions asked. I'm, I'm with you. Breakfast Club is at the top for me. Right now, it's got to be more than I'm not, that I'm not thinking of. Six and Candles of Pretty in Pink is like the same thing to me. It's like. Tied for second for for those two. It's pretty I like, funny. I like, six, I like sixteen candles. Sixteen candles is really fun. Like it surprisingly funny. more funny than I expected it to be. It is funny because I didn't remember it going in. Yeah, I like sixteen candles better than Pretty Pink. Pretty Pink's good though, man. It's, it's uh, not bad. It's just I, has, I'm gonna it has Ducky in it. Yep. <laughs> and now he's on or was on two and a half men. Right. But if I give it the would I stop if I was flipping if I was like channel surfing. I stop on Sixteen Candles. I probably don't stop in Pretty in Pink. I stop for all three, and then Samuel Emil, Emil's Fire. I might parental block the chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately turn the television off if I see Samuel Emil's Fire. Bre- breakfast be more. That'll breakfast Club changes my day. That's what I like. I, I stop what I'm doing to sit down and, and watch. Plan my day around Breakfast Club. Yeah. I watch that movie a couple times a year. I, I love it. Just because it's on or if I'm in a, on a streaming service and I uh, 
happen to come across it, I'll, I'll definitely put it on. I get it. It's the most important club of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that hit. That All right. hit. <laughs> and the other thing I have is not a movie or a show. It's a game, but if it's the purview, I'm going to mention it. I got the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game. Is it fucking awesome? It's that... pretty awesome. Yeah. It's my best description of it. If you're not familiar, it's uh, the Batman Arkham games mixed with GTA. Ooh! Because there's street missions outside. There's like the instant instance missions where you go fight bosses and progress the plot, and then there's stuff to collect and just it's really yeah, it's Arkham really entertaining. Yeah. yeah, Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just Arkham. It's, it seems like Arkham. Yeah. But are there sub missions in Arkham? Yeah. Okay. So like a ton. So that's just mostly like the Arkham. more the, honestly the more interesting part of Arkham was the sub missions. The but Arkham's really small. Spider-Man takes place in New York. This, the New York City they made is amazing. It's so much fun to travel around it. That's like cool. you could just swing around the city for fifteen yeah. minutes and not accomplish anything. I would have. It sounds fun. exactly like Arkham yeah. City, Joe. It's better. Recency bias is making it better. Fair enough. I did forget one thing. If uh, you don't mind me bringing it up, I do mind. But I'm gonna let you yeah. anyway. Just kidding. Oh, thank you. Uh, I watched a indie horror flick called uh, The Nightmare Gallery. Never heard of it. Yeah, it is. Written and produced by a guy who does an actual play podcast that I listen to. So, I started listening to this podcast pretty late, and when I was binging it, he was constantly, like, you know, promoting this movie. And then recently, again, he promoted the movie to be, like, try to get the IMDb rating up on it. So I was like, you know what? It's not even hard to get a good rating on IMDb. It's like a 3.3. Wow, that must be a bad movie. It's too high. This movie is fucking garbage. It is the, one of the worst horror movies I have ever seen. It's not scary. It's not unique. It's not original. It's fucking terrible. It doesn't deserve a 3.3 on IMDb. Wow. That's saying something. Cause it, yeah, because I'm a fan of this guy's work. Like, his podcast work, I'm like, oh, it's a really cool story. I got halfway through this movie, and I paused it, and I was like, he's just... Reskinning his podcast story for a fucking movie. People gave him money for this, and I hit play and f- continued watching it. It's an awful movie. The only highlight of the movie is that Amber Benson, who played Tara in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is cast as the lead. So I get to see Tara again. That's it. The acting's bad. The dialogue is... Tri- it's such a fucking bad movie. And I just need to say that on there. Duly noted. Now everyone knows. I gotta go back to the Brat Pack for a second. Oh, yes. I'm very curious if there's more than four Brat Pack movies. So I found a list ranking them. There's okay. 15. There's the top four that we just said. Yeah. Then everything below it I do not consider Brat Pack movies. So I think it's... Is movie. it like movies that have one of the members of the Brat Pack in it? So Weird Science? Is it like Weird Science and... Yeah, so you have... Uh, the top Fucking four, the Mighty Ducks is they in have, there somewhere. They have Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Sun Almost Fire, which is pretty much exactly what we said, right? Yes. Then they have The Outsiders. That's not a Black Prop Dark. How? How is even in there? Emilio Estevez is in it. Uh, and Rob Lowe is in it. I didn't remember Emilio Estevez being uh, okay. in it. It's two bit. Yep. All right. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. Exactly. Again, no. no. Weird Science is seven. Young Guns is eight. That's not it. Mannequin. War Games, About Last Night, Less Than Zero, One Crazy Summer, and the rest, it's just like, it's not it. So there's four... Right it's, I think movies. this is four, right? That's It's literally a whole bunch of movies that have 
those characters. Somebody from yeah. the Rat Pack in them. Mm-hmm. It's like they're actors and they're in other things. Like, why is not another team movie in there? Molly Ringwald's in that. Honestly, if you go down far enough, you might see Muddy Ducks because Emilio Estevez is in that. I, I think they Ducks man, it so. as uh, 80s. So that was 91. Oh, so that was from Mighty Ducks. See, I would... And, and the thing is, like, I'll accept Weird Science as, like, a kind of similar offshoot of the Brad Pack, but, like, you only get... It's just Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, it's just Anthony Michael Hall, though. For me, if Brad Pack is coming-of-age movies, right? I think Weird Science yeah. is a comedy. Straight out. No... Well, it's kind of a coming-of-age, <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah, I feel like it's a coming-of-age movie. I don't. So we spent the first I 20 minutes know. talking about... This. That's how much we love Blade 2. Wow. <laughs> Save it for the O. Oh, Save it for are. the thing that's we're it. doing right now in a minute. After I give you the movie facts for Blade 2. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what we've been watching. Now the movie facts for Blade 2, which came out in 2002. It's rated R. What? It came out in 2002? Yeah. Really? That's according to what I looked up. Wow. If you want to fact check me, feel free. No, that's we got cool. time. It's rated R. It's 1 hour 57 minutes. The director was what shocked me the most, Guillermo del Toro. Yep. It stars Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, Ron Perlman, Good Luck Joe, Leonore Varela, Varela. I'll take it. Norman Reedus, Thomas Kretschmann, and Luke Gross. And there were other people in this, but I just gave up writing after like seven names because there's a lot of people with equal screen time in this. Although Donnie Yen was in it. I will make a note of that because I like Donnie Yen. It doesn't say anything, I don't think. Budgeted at $54 million was Blade 2. It grossed $155 million worldwide. I forgot to write down the domestic. That's an oopsie on my part. I got you. Okay. I have to fix that. $82 million. $82 million domestic? Cool. The score is Rotten Tomato, 57%. It doesn't get it certified. It just makes that noise. Certified too high. Certified do I. You know what? I'll, I accept that, actually. Audience score of 68%. Still too high. I am the most higher than Yes. <laughs> of course you think it is. I am to be 6.7 out of 10. Very consistent. Metacritic 52. You're going to hate the user score on Metacritic because it's an 8.7, Corey. People are wrong. What is that? Is that, I'm assuming, out of 10, right? Yeah. Okay. It's out of 100. Out of 14. <laughs> It's out of 100, we're getting Metacritic, closer. Metacritic, you never know, man. It's true. The user score is very lenient. 17 and a half. The user score on Metacritic is bad. You know it's a bad movie. It's true. Those are the movie facts. Let's give you our general thoughts, which as always are spoiler-free. Before we do the spoiler stuff, I believe it's Corey first. So, Corey, what do you think? So, remember that time that you watched the movie when you were a kid and you were like, oh my god, this movie is so cool, and you haven't watched it again since? Like that thing you did with Spawn? Yeah, kind of. And then you do it again and you, like, make your friends listen, uh, watch a movie for a podcast that you do called Zero Stalking Heroes. And you're like, guys, it's fine. This movie's actually pretty good. And then you sit down and watch it and you're like, the fuck was I thinking liking this movie? That is Spawn. It is such a bad piece of shit movie. Blade 2. You're talking about Blade 2 or Spawn? Fuck. (laughs) Thank you. Blade 2. It's Spawn also. Spawn also. Blade 2 especially. Blade 2 is such a piece of shit movie. It is not fucking good. Everything that they built in the first movie, they just... That, like, I kind of liked and was cool. They were just like, fuck it! And then went way the other direction, and it was 
awful. They wasted a cool villain too, and that makes me even more angry. And those are my general thoughts, Joe. Sequel, what about yours? I hate Blade as a thing, and this movie confirmed that for me. I don't like the world, I don't like him as a character, he's not interesting at all to me. I just, I just don't like vampire things outside of old school Dracula movies. I was hoping you weren't going to say Twilight. No. I was kind of hoping he was going to say Twilight. That would have been more interesting, I guess. I think but, it certainly would have. Um, interview with the, with the vampire is pretty cool, but, uh... <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> yeah, I just... If you, if this is your thing, if you like the comic and you think this is an accurate representation, cool, good for you. This is 100% not for me. It was really difficult getting through this. What do you think, Joe? Well, first of all, I want to say, I think I gave Bleed the One too much flack. Like, it's a... Looking back, having watched it since, it's it's really not as bad as I led people to believe in the first one. And Blade 2, I think, is better. I actually like Blade 2 the best of the series. That's fine. Yeah, this movie, it does... Some things about this movie are not great. I will give you that. I don't think this movie is great by any stretch of the imagination. But there are things about it that are really cool. I think one has a much better villain... That's the redeeming quality of one. Stephen Dorff is really good in Blade 1. This movie lacks that, but it makes for it in other areas that I think are still good. We're going to be on opposite sides of the fence here. And then Blade Trinity is just an awful piece of crap, but we'll get to that one day. Except Ryan Reynolds is a golden god and can do no wrong. I said what I said. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's, he not, it's not his fault, I guess, but... Yeah. He, he made, he, <laughs> he we're not talking about this right now. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those are our general thoughts for Blade 2. From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Blade 2. If you haven't seen it yet, it's stream on Amazon for like one more day. By the time this comes out, it's not anymore. So just disregard that. Find Joe, someone who has it. Joe, edit that out. I will. I won't. Maybe it. It's funny now. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to be spoiling Blade 2 starting right now. Steven Dorff is the best part of Blade 1. He's so good. He's an awesome villain. Yes. I like the concept of this villain, and I think that's what I globbed onto when I was like, I like Blade 2 better. I really think the villain is cool. I like the idea of a vampire that can feed on vampires. I don't I don't think the uh, crackhead analogy aged as well as they had hoped it would. The what now? They compared these guys to crack addicts. Oh. Like, they constantly need to feed, and they're just, like, looking for their next fix. I don't think that aged as well as they had hoped, but the concept itself is actually pretty cool. So that part, I'm all about. Yeah, the concept's cool. The villain himself is kind of lame. Eh. The villain himself is kind of lame. And honestly, I feel like they made the action in Blade 1 outside of, like, the stuff that's obviously ridiculous and supernatural, kind of, like, realistic. I feel like in this, they leaned a little too much into the CGI, and I'm like, this is fucking absurd. I really like the combat in this, because it feels really comic booky, just brought to the screen. I okay. Think, I think it's really good in that aspect. It's like, I know this is fake, so all the moves they're doing, I think, are cool. I like the, the action sequences until the deaths... And it turns into like a weird fireworks show, and then I'm out. 
Once they start killing the whatever the whatever these new vampires are called, the Reapers, the Reapers. Reapers. Thank you. When they start killing the Reapers, it becomes a really weird pyrotechnic show. Now, even the the initial fight scene at the beginning with like the motorcycles, when he has the um, choke cord that I guess is infused with garlic. It's, it's silver. It's, it's made of silver. Uh, yeah, silver makes sense. But he uses silver and other instances. They don't burst into. Uh, well, they're they're supposed to because it's the one of the, like three things is daylight, garlic, and silver. Right, which is weird in the opening narration of this with Wesley Snipes. He said when he's talking about Whistler, and he said he gave me the weapons to fight: silver, garlic, and sunlight. So he gave him sunlight. Like, <laughs> well, he, he told <laughs> him about it. <laughs> You're so literal, sequel. No, but I was just like, it popped into my own. I'm like, oh, this is... I honestly... I, I honestly <laughs> His name hate, is Whistler, the Sunbringer. <laughs> I hate I hate the opening of this movie. It kind of just recaps... I don't love the narration. I think him searching for Whistler is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, just that opening scene when he's killing all the guys and he leaves the one guy alive. It's great. And That's they, really they, fun. They pay that off. They do yeah. pay that off. Is that guy in the nightclub? Yes. Okay. I didn't notice that... The first time I watched it, the second time I watched it, I noticed he was in the nightclub too, and he just sneaks away. Like that's really good filmmaking, actually. Good job, Guillermo del Toro. Wait, the the guy he kills at the very the guy end he of the leaves movie. is a loose end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in He's the, the nightclub. Night <laughs> Blade never sees him; and he just sneaks away. Maybe Blade saw. I think Blade's behind him, smiling. Actually, could have been too. Yeah, that's crazy. Cool. I think he's behind Blade, and that's why he oh, sees him. Okay, that's and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go." <laughs> Nobody ever claimed that Guillermo del Toro was not on top of his game. It's a good touch. And it shows. Yeah, it's a good touch. Don't all talk at once, guys. No, I, I just don't <laughs> like anything. <laughs> I don't like anything about this movie. No, it's it's I uh, the the night setting, the in the inner city aspects, the dialogue's weak. Dialogue is the real downfall. It, it hurts this. It hurts this movie so. Fucking bad. The dialogue in, in the first one isn't perfect by any means. That's but, still bad. But this this movie's dialogue is just fucking painful. The between we do three, just between yeah for real. But just between Whistler and uh, Norman Reedus's character, Scud, Scud, thank you, the Scudster, the Scudster, making copy. <laughs> Copies. If the you, Scud man. You don't know SNL. You didn't get that joke at all. And I'm sorry. Oh, that's amazing. Fucking, I, yeah, Scud and, and the Whistler, I, I hated, I hated it. And Scud's dialogue, even without the Whistler, is awful. I can't stand that he calls Blade... B? B. I, I can't, I understand... I mean, it fits his character. It does, and I understand why they wrote the dialogue that way, like, considering when the movie came out, like, yeah, that's, that's how a dude at that age would talk to somebody who he assumes is his friend. Okay. It just felt weird. It felt weird the whole time. Calls Wilson W. Yeah, it's, he's got a thing. That's just that's just it's consistent. He's not a big fan of full names, Scud. He likes first letters. <laughs> he doesn't know a lot of people, otherwise we'll get confusing. <laughs> the plot I found very convoluted, difficult to follow. I don't care for movies that have a million double crosses in them. There's, a, there's, a, there's too many double crosses. In Everyone hates everybody. Is this what I came to the conclusion? I think there's of? really only one double cross in this. Mm, there's at least two. I think you guys are playing loose with the rules of double cross, but that's fine. You're entitled. 
Well, the group Who's double crosses, Scud double crosses. Who is the group double cross? Blade. They were never really... But they were working together. Yeah, but they even said in the lines, I think they're going to fuck us the first chance they get. They did it. They, the movie tells you this. Right. Except, <laughs> except, still, for, except, a, except for Nissa. Except for Nissa. Who is a terrible actress. She's oh my bad. god. Then it's the double cross with the family dynamic, which was really difficult to follow for me. Oh my god, yeah. The it's, weird he's actually my dynamic. son, but there's rings on the explain. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's, his, it's his son. That's, that's explain how he got this ring. Yeah. I gave it to him. It was given to him by his father. Fun. Done. Okay, he bought out a got bunch. It. But his father him. gave him a weird mutation disease and then threw him out and was like, Okay, we're going to see how this works. Okay, now we have to kill him. Oh, shit, we can't kill him. Let's bring in Blade. Well, because he experimented on his own son. It failed. It didn't produce the effects he wanted, so he enlisted Blade. But at no point did he kill... But he didn't solve problem one, which was the disease that was going to wipe out vampire kind, and then cross Blade. They just get to a point where they're like, nah, fuck it. This is as good a time as any to make Blade our bitch now. Yeah. They're, they still have the initial problem. The re, the, the that's reason fair. That's where still the, the problem. double cross comes in. Yeah. It's because they didn't finish the mission and then... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and it's, that, it's a poorly timed turn on Blade that we all saw coming. Because okay. this dude is constantly going, like, throughout the course of the movie, is constantly not taking advantage of, like, potentially killing Blade. And is like, we could be on the same side. We want the same thing. Mist into the shadows. Okay, okay, that's going to be a cool plot point to come up later. Oh, they don't actually try to complete the. Mi- nah, it's so then they let him do it. I'm sorry. Hold on. They double cross Blade. Yes. Blade then sure. gets pissed, does his thing, lets him in to kill his father and Nissa to then have to fight Blade anyways. Sure. Right. I got. I it was. It's what convoluted. You said made sense, <laughs> and that's the point. Like we're sitting here being like, I think that's how the movie went. That's how the movie went. If you're looking at this movie as a shut your brain off and just watch people fight, probably fine. If you're actually trying to follow this movie, it's not very good. And the Norman Reedus double cross is probably one of the dumbest, dumbest things I've ever seen. It, it, it seemed pretty unnecessary. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Hold I mean, on. it works. I kind of saw it coming. That's fine. But, hold on. Let me just okay. get this whole scene out. Ha ha. I told you I was going to kill you, Ron Perlman. Hits button. Nothing happens. Oh, man. Did you think that was real? That wasn't real. Pulls it out. Throws it to Scud. Scud continues to reveal that he's the bad guy. And he's a regular human, so he's not that strong. Blade could easily take him out at any point in time. And still decides to let the explosive go off on him. Instead of being like, no, I knew it was a fake. And blow up Ron Perlman's head anyways. Why do we need... Why? Because then there's no fight scene with Ron Perlman. Right, but as a character choice, again, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense as a character choice. He he just kind of does it to look cool. Like, if, if... as Ron Perlman was pulling it out of his head, he was like, haha, I was on to you the whole time, and still blows it up, and like blows one of Ron Perlman's arms off, 
He says, I'll deal with you later to Scud, and then goes and fights around. Like, I'm better with that. I just, I just don't understand why you would waste an explosive on a regular guy who you could... Because there's no cool fight scene. There's not really a cool fight scene with Ron Perlman either, actually. But yes. there were supposed to be, probably. I don't remember what happens between them. You can get... Ron Perlman gets overwhelmed, I think. It's just like everything else. It's Because it's, a ba- it's ultimately a zombie flick, it's so easy to just solve any... Like, resolve any scene with them all kind of, like, overtaking and overpowering them and, like, eating them or drowning them or whatever it is. You can have cool moments in movies but get to them in an intelligent way and it's not that difficult. I mean, it's... <laughs> well, they chose to not get to them in an intelligent uh, way. Okay. And that's just fine, maybe, but not really. Even even if he had let him, like, go through his whole rant and he puts it down on, like, a counter next to a door or next to a wall or something that he could eventually blow up and, like, that's his escape route. That's even a cooler way to do it. Right? Like... But it's unsatisfying to us as the audience because we thought Scud was Blade's friend and then he betrays Blade, but Blade knew it. But that's like, I don't know. It happens over the course of like 45 seconds. Who cares? We, we find care. out... Blade we find apparently out the... knew from the get-go. When Scud entered his life, Blade was aware of... That, that's the and way that's, I understood but... it. And he just let him hang around because he didn't... Uh, serve as a threat and he could get some use out of him. And see, here's... That's... Yeah, that's basically what happened. You're right. But I think the way that the dialogue goes down, he's saying... Scud's saying that he joined up with them after the team showed up. And they started working together. Like, that's when they recruited him. But that I can't be the case. Like, no, that, that, no, no, you're right, because I can't be the case. He's got the tattoo in his mouth that he indicates that he's someone's familiar. Which one I don't forget. I think it's the big Dracula guy. Hmm. Well, I shouldn't say Dracula, because he's the third movie boss. But Is he really? Literally. You not, oh, you're right, you haven't seen no. it. Yeah, it's garbage. Can't wait. Triple H is in it, though. I knew that. It's got a great cast. Yeah, not really. Well, why does Triple H make it a great cast? <laughs> no, it's not Triple H. That's Patton Ryan Oswald Reynolds. I enjoy, Ryan Reynolds I enjoy. I forgot Patton Oswald was in it until I saw it recently. Yeah. So UV light kind of like is the uh, trump card in all this, right? It's the only like, thing that kills the Reapers. Yep. And it kills vampires as well. Yes. Right? Can't they just use that like the whole time? Like <laughs> There's like four or five moments. <laughs> not four. That, that might be a a good bit of hyperbole, but I, there's a couple of moments in the in the club when the vampires have learned that they can't shoot them dead. But they keep shooting them because they're stupid. But they also haven't, like, flipped open the filter on all of their, like, flashlights that light out the UV. Like, how is that not the first thing you... I just... You're an elite goddamn kill squad. They're the best they have. Maybe they're all stupid, too, but they're just the best... Because some of them are really... Okay, first of all, Chupa is, like, the dumbest person in the entire world. He's, they put on suits so they can go outside in the daylight. His is missing a sleeve. That blew my mind. I was like, what kind of idiot <laughs> goes outside? <laughs> I'm strong enough to survive sunlight. You're not. You're not, though. Yeah. Biologically speaking, you are not strong enough. I forgot about that. He's just the worst. Is he also the one that gets bit and no? Like, that's the up? giant man who doesn't speak English. Okay, that's the giant. 
Which one is Chupa then? Chupa is the the one with the wearing like the fishnet shirt, like the club, like you go to the, the long club. long red hair. Mesh no, pop. he's got the, like the bleach blonde and brown hair. Oh yeah, okay. he's the one that starts beating the shit out of Whistler in the yep, sewer. Yep, 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 yep. We lose one of ours. He loses one of his. All right, all right, there, guy. Um, I hope you're proud of yourself beating up an old cripple who still thinks he can hang. I don't think Chris Christopherson has done very much. I think pretty much it I starts I think this is like end. a shining jewel with I'm Blade. I'm pretty sure it starts and ends with Blade. Like, career-wise? Career doesn't wise. end. No, as a, as, a, as a young man, I thought he... Uh... Well, he's a folk singer. That's how he became famous. He was, he's a famous folk singer. He has 117 acting credits. But how many of them... I, I, I mean, really those bet. are post-Blade. Yeah, I'm also willing to bet a lot of more like one-off like television show spots and stuff like that, though. Could be. Well, probably if he has 170. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think he's... I think he's a famous, like... It looks like he's in a lot of westerns, which makes sense. Uh-huh. Yep, which makes also sense, because that's the music he would make into. Oh, he does a voice in Fallout New Vegas. That's awesome. That's a fun game. That's neither here nor there. It is a good game, though. I'd recommend you play it, if you haven't. Isn't that movie The Jacket with Adrian Brody? A lot of westerns. Yeah, he seems like the t- he's like a he's like a poor man Sam Elliott. <laughs> really poor man. Yeah, Sam like he's a bargain bin Sam Elliott. He's an original Star Is Born. I hope he plays Sam Elliott's character in Star Is Born. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing for us to find out. No, he's the he's Jackson Maine's uh, character actually. Hmm, I'm interested. I, I watched a YouTube clip of that movie. Barbara Streisand. But back to Blade 2. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound so defeated. I really like the um, fight with the siblings early on when they ninja into Blade's like... Oh, Nissa and the other guy? Yeah, I really enjoyed the ninja aspect of it. And I thought to myself, it'd be really cool if we got more of that later on, but we don't. But it's fine. It, but that, that type of action is what we get that I enjoy out of Blade 1. It's when they do those moments that I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And that, and I agree. Like, that was cool. I like the fact that we got them, like, sneaking in and how quiet they were. Yes, that was awesome. That yeah. Was, but I probably was, my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, it's a good honesty. scene. I mean, it's fun. It's the first time we're introduced to the ultraviolet resistance suits. Mm-hmm. Because they, yeah, that's right, because they turn on all the lights and they just keep going. They do the thing where their eyes close because they're... The guy's name is Assad. Assad. They're not siblings, though, right? Uh, no. Assad is just They're just, like, partners in crime. Okay. I think he's one of the better actors in the movie, the guy who plays Assad. I think he portrayed the role a little too theatrical for my taste, but probably none But you're probably right. I didn't particularly love him, because I'm not... I'm I'm, I'm learning that any time something's a little more over-theatrical, when I want it to be a little more down-to-earth, it causes a dissonance that I just can't reconcile... And this is one of those moments. But if I was to put that aside, you're probably right. He's probably one of the better actors in this movie. Wesley Snipes is weird in this movie. Because I feel like certain scenes he's really good, and in other scenes he's really not good. I perfect example of that is when he first interacts with that group. It's kind of a... The blood pack? Yeah, when he, when he first interacts with the blood pack. I honestly really like that interaction. The, whew, exciting. And then he does, like, the thing where he, like, plays with the knife and then slaps him with the other hand. Like, I actually enjoy that. I thought that was really, like, 
pretty good moments, and then other things happen. I'm like, mm, there goes there goes that one scene it's that really you bought. Inconsistent. It is. He's like the reason why these movies don't really work for me that well, and it's it's more I guess how the character's written, and that just is the character I guess. Wesley Snipes has a great personality in his earlier work, like White Man Can't Jump, Major League, Demolition Man, New Jack City. He's like. Interesting. You want to hear him talk. You want to hear him interact. Here, like he plays really stoic. And, yes, <laughs> and, and not just keeps to himself. And not that at all. I guess he looks the part, which is fine. I never read a Blade comic in my life. I haven't either, but I have read a few. Um, From what I hear, people seem to like his portrayal. Yeah, and that's the people thing. People who know Blade, his portrayal in one, I really enjoyed because it is that. It is kind of stoic. It is kind of cold. It's the same. It's the same delivery in one and two. It's just certain scenes in this movie. I feel like he tried much harder. Yeah, and when he tries too hard, it it, it comes off as insincere and not as good. I think that him trying scenes are better. Maybe I, I don't know when he's. I guess it depends on what we're calling. I see him doing a bunch of overacting in a bunch of scenes, and I'm like, "All right, Wesley, why don't you just tone it back down?" Like, there's the scene where they're going, before they go into the, the hidden Dracula, not even Dracula, the hidden vampire nightclub, and they're in that weird, like, steam room or gear room or industrial, whatever the hell that is, and he's like, don't forget, and it's like, I haven't forgotten. I thought that was, like, the best delivered line in the entire movie. When he says, don't forget. Nissa says to him, like, don't forget why we're here, or that we're here for the enemy, or oh, yeah, yeah. That, whose team you're on right now, and he's like, I haven't forgotten this is perfect. That was the best delivered yeah. line in this. I believe you in this moment. And, and for me, that that best delivered line that line that I believed was, whew, when he shut when he like shivers is like exciting because he's purposefully doing that to try to bait him in, try to plant the bomb in the back, and try to get them under his thumb. He's playing chess with the blood pack. He's like, I'm out numbered what seven to one. If I can hold this over the head, like, uh, uh, fuck with me, I'll blow up your friend's head. And, and like, so, like, that moment for me is, is the sincere moment. I think you're right. I think when he says that, it just happens so fast that you miss it a lot of times. Another scene I liked was the autopsy scene. That's my least favorite scene. Really? Yeah. I, I have no interest in that scene. I was like, does huh. she have a medical degree? She knows a lot about this. I just thought it looked <laughs> interesting... Showing the anatomy of the 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 reaper, the the enemy, and showing the heart surrounded and having it react to different things, I, I enjoyed that. That was interesting. I think that you. I, I mean, I don't think you're wrong with. It's interesting and it's a perfect way to like fill an exposition with giving us visuals as well. Like, sure. Oh, pull this random tooth out. Look, there's this point. Oh, look at this thing that also has a paralytic. Like, all of that, like, that we, the exposition that we need during an autopsy. Of course, good. It's just weird to me that, like, she's like, man, we've never seen one of these before. But somehow I know all of the intricate details of this thing's anatomy. And, oh, this random human is going to help me. Working with what you got. <laughs> You're right. That doesn't bring much to the table. <laughs> hey, he didn't. Hey, he made the grenade that Whistler couldn't make. Scud's actually a useful character. He, he does things. But at that moment, though, if you lose Scud, you're, you're fine. They don't have the grenade yet, do they? No. They need him. I hate I that the I big. I hate that the big bomb was just a bunch of those grenades in a box. Yeah, it was. <laughs> With no intent to actually show them like string together or anything, 
just with a big red plunger that they already pushed down before they went into the sewers. What? They're on their budget. They don't have to make something new. But they could have pushed the plunger down when they put it... Never yeah. mind. Yeah, no, that's it's, it's not the best done thing in the movie. But he could have 300 horsepower for the car with the aftermarket exhaust. And then Whistler got all mad about that. Well, you're going to blow out the tranny and rip the front two axles off, of course. I would totally understand. That seems fine. I'm just saying words about cars that I, I kind of I kind of know. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that scene was, man. Every motorhead that, like, went to these movies, like, yeah! Oh. So I know nothing sick. about cars. That's, like, the one... The one man thing in my life I'm missing is knowing about car parts. Yeah. I can tell you the car looks awesome, but as far as how to fix it or what's under the hood, no idea. Yeah, I'm 90% positive. I know the names of parts. I don't know what's good and bad. Yeah, I don't I don't remember because I watched it a while ago, but I'm pretty sure the whole conversation was that he put in an aftermarket exhaust that increased the horsepower, which is something that people were doing at the time, and it would have... Like destroy the front axle or the or the differential or something something the that differential you, equation. No, oh. differential is the thing that makes the front. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> Cars and home repair are the two things I have no. I also don't know home repair, but I haven't owned a home yet. I'd, I'd watch a YouTube video and figure it out. Mm. I don't care about crown molding, and if, if you put it up over the weekend, don't tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, never tell me about that. I have more or less built a house from the ground up at this point. Why don't you live there? Because it's not my house. And it's all parts of different houses. Uh, it's a Franken house, I get it. Yeah, you know, I did like the siding of this house, but I did the foundation of this house, you know, all that. And I built my first car from front to back, so couldn't do it again, but I technically know how to do it. Yes, you could. Sure you could, Corey. Don't sell yourself short. Thanks, Joe. You're going to build the official ZTH mobile. That's fine. We can do that. It'll be a 92 Super Legacy, though. It'll be a big old station wagon. I was hoping it would be a Turtles van. Same difference. Probably potatoes, potatoes, really. And that's next episode, Joe. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> that's yes, in the future. <laughs> Very late. Edit this out? <laughs> hey, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> see how I'm feeling when I'm editing. Oh my god, you're right. Is it next? No. No. Oh. Fuck, it's like three from now. Yeah, it's in the future. It's way in the future. We know about it because we're time traveling right now. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) That's the Doctor Who. I got it. (laughs) Sort of there. Uh, Do you want to do favorite, least favorite? Yes. Unless anyone has anything pressing to add. No. Did you just get a phone call? I did not. Okay. I did not. An alert. I did not. My game, my favorite, was the ninja-esque entrance for leading to that first fight scene. And I guess my least favorite would be dialogue. (laughs) Got him. It's really bad. I don't fault you. Honestly, that's a fucking fair statement. I I can't pinpoint any one thing. It's, it's, It's pretty bad across the board. Favorite for me, uh, I think that some of the action sequences still work pretty well. And the one thing Blade has always done that I think is cool is gadgets. I think he still has some pretty cool gadgets. The UV grenades, I think, are a cool, cool concept. Least favorite for me, um, to go nice and bro, like sequel did, plot. 
the fucking plot's a huge problem in this movie. Plot's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And it's not backed up by the dialogue. Like, one of those two things fall a little short, whatever, but both of those things falling flat on their face is not fucking ideal. My favorite is Blade chasing the vampires to find Whistler in the beginning, and my least favorite is the autopsy scene. Did I do everything? I didn't. No, you said your least favorite was the autopsy yeah. scene. You didn't go into anything. That's it. I don't, I don't need to go into detail. Okay. Uh, in defense of the autopsy scene, it is Guillermo del Toro. It has the, probably the best creature design scene we got. Yes. So. I agree with you on that. And that's the one thing I really enjoy about the, the Reapers also, is that they look really fucking cool. Um, Except their vagina mouths. Yeah, welcome to the Predator. It, it does the same thing the Predator does. Open the mouth. Alien. Vagina in there. Yeah. Very alien. It's a ripoff. Boo. Boo this man. <laughs> so that scene in particular, though, you really get to see the the um, anatomy, which is cool. That's fair. I thought it was weird and gross. It is. And I had to pick something, and I was like, a lot of scenes are equally bad to me. Sure. I mean, it was weird and gross, so. It was weird and gross. They didn't make an anti-venom, did they? Uh. anti No. Yeah. Yeah. And tell you, which is a couple weeks away. Don't. don't go <laughs> this is going to be such a train wreck. <laughs> no one understands anything anymore. That's my favorite part. Good. This is one for us, not one. Yeah. For <laughs> you guys want to rate it? You want to rate? Let's rate, rate this. Let's do it. If you're not familiar with the podcast and the rating system, it's Infinity Stones, and they go from one to six. If you have six, you can also give an Infinity Gauntlet, which is the highest score you can give a movie. I would assume that's not happening today. Also, Corey, how dare you almost snap? <laughs> I don't know who you were focusing on, but no. It was it was Blade 2. Ah, oh. Then we only have Blade 3. Fact, like, and fact Blade that one. Corey can wield that type of power. Yeah, he doesn't have, he's not wearing a gauntlet. Everybody, everybody calm down. <laughs> it's just his hand. I'm a teacher. We hold a lot of power in our hands. Not right now, you're not. It's not Corey. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's rate Blade 2, guys. I'll go first. I'm going to give Blade 2 three stones because I feel like it's an alright movie for most of it. The dialogue is really bad, but I think the action is very comic booky. Comic booky. I think the choreography for the fights is actually really good. I think they spent a lot of time there and it shows and they did a good job. It's, it's fine. I think it's the best of the Blade movies. I'm not a huge fan, but... Two and one are solid movies. Three is garbage, but we'll get to that one day. So three stones for Blade 2 from Joe. Hey, sequel, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a really unique rating of two with a question mark. Because being that I just, I'm out to begin with, I don't like the world, and I don't like what's going on, I can't really rate this. This is like our first abstain from rating. I mentally checked out early on. I did watch the movie, and I... Couldn't really follow it. It was a chore to get through. But that's just more for a personal gripe than it has to do with anything actually going on on the screen. From what I did comprehend and what I did watch, wasn't all that great. But it's far from the worst thing I've ever seen. So, two? I think that's one of the the best ways to rate a bad movie. Like, that's such an honest rating. Like, you could have just been like, two, I didn't like this, this, and this. I still don't like the world. Moving on. Like, mm-hmm. But you were like... I went into it knowing it was, like, it's hard to give it a fair rating if you have a preconceived notion that doesn't get changed. Fair enough. And Corey, what about yours? Oh, I'm giving it a two as well, because this movie is fucking awful. Uh, I went into it thinking, 
I liked this one when I was younger. It's probably going to get a four from me. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> we have that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I think the dialogue killed me. Honestly, I think that's the thing. When I was younger, I didn't give a shit what they were saying. I was following the moving pictures and watched, like waiting for action. And those things, they still succeed. But the minute you try to actually watch this movie as a movie, it just falls apart. Two stumps. And those are our ratings for Blade 2. If you've seen Blade 2 or the Blade franchise, if you're a big fan of those or not so big fan of those, you want to send us your thoughts about it or really anything else, the first way to do that is an email, which you can send to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! You can also find us on Twitter, at zthpodcast. If you find an underground vampire nightclub, please take a photo of the inside of it, especially if they start showering blood down, and send that to sequel at CTH Podcast. You're going to ruin your phone. That's disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for that. Or Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast. Or search for us within Facebook. Zeros Talking Heroes. Zeros and Heroes and an ES. And I'm going to get an ice cream cookie sandwich. I can't yeah, wait for that. <laughs> yeah, you're not. But yeah, I can't wait either. So let's get through this quick. Go to iTunes or your podcast app. Give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. If you want to include a review, that'd be awesome. If not, tell people about the show. You know what? Tell people about the show either way. That's important. Send them our way. Thanks for joining us here. Next time, we're going to be doing Punisher Warzone. It's streaming on, I think, Amazon Prime. I did this. You did this. I did this. By agreeing to it immediately when I suggested the first movie I thought of that was streaming. I did this to myself. <laughs> Never seen it, so I don't know. So I look forward to that. It's going to drop next before we do Spider-Man. And it's my job to let you know, as always, that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Blade 2 is almost certainly someone's favorite movie out there. It's hard to believe. I believe it. Yeah. Take care, everyone.